Hey, everybody, welcome to the busiest, most wonderful time of the sports year. I'm the maestro, Kevin Crane. I'm the conquistador, Dave Height. And it's NFL kickoff time, baby. Everything's rocking and rolling now. Now we've got the NFL along with college football, baseball heading towards the postseason, NASCAR in their postseason, basketball and hockey on the horizon. Gearing up for their preseason stuff. It's, so, it's a full-time slate here, kids. It's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> that nice. Bad. That wasn't, that wasn't horrible. Bad. My crappy voice actually came <laughs> through for once. But in the end, what this means here, as we record on September the 9th, we yes. have got the kickoff game between the Buccaneers and Cowboys. Don't be surprised if we click that on while we're recording. We have to check and see what's going on. Based on yeah, how, how long this goes, as Dave said last week, we might end up having to go four segments here for a while because we've got season predictions from our panel for the NFL. We've got week one picks from our panel for the NFL. And then we've got our recap of week one of college football. Which was an absolute disaster for myself. This The new rules. I'm telling you, it's the new rules you guys put me under for these picks. It's you all would, right, though. It's fine. I'm going to have to make a notation in the archives. It's like the steroid era in baseball <laughs> where the you guys say... Era. Point spreads have to be under 10. I would have put Alabama-Miami on there. Could have had an easy one. No. No. Nope, can't do that. Nope. And this is the disaster we got. And we'll get to that here in a little bit. But, as Dave said, because the NFL is starting tonight, we are devoting our first segment entirely to professional football. All of our panelists have their predictions for the 2021-2022 season in. It was a struggle. I have to admit, a little bit of a struggle, as it always is, with these mooks. Including it my, my compatriot. Little... <laughs> my best even... friend, my brother from another mother even missed a pick. Yep. Trying to get it rushed in before we ran off to a concert yesterday. Yes, check out our weekend edition. Wonderful segue, by the way, You're for welcome. our review <laughs> of the unbelievable Guns N' Roses Mammoth WVH show at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. That's going to take two segments of the weekend edition. Easily. Cause, Easily. Because that's how long they played. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right. So. Enough of a teaser. Let's look through our predictions first and foremost. And I was a little surprised that you and I and Mrs. C were pretty much simpatico in tune with most of our picks, including yeah, that's a little little in, crazy there. Including the champion. Yeah. Kind of scary there. We are going with the Buffalo Bills to win the whole thing this year. Yes. The elder statesman is going with the Chiefs. A safe pick. Yep, not bad. The big blue W, the uh, juggler, and the governor are all going with the Buccaneers. Again, safe pick. Safe pick. And then the big easy going with the Packers. 
trying to think maybe they're going to ride that final wave. Yeah, none of those are really bad picks. Um, the only the only pick we started this last year because of the COVID thing. We expanded how many tiebreakers we pick for the NFL. So now we pick not only conference champions and MVP and overall champion, but also you pick the two teams who are going to play for the title in both the AFC and the NFC. Yes. So Doug picking the Bears in the <laughs> NFC title game kind of bothers wow, me a little that's bit. that's just disturbing on many levels. At least he had some semblance of common sense to realize that the Buccaneers would beat them. Th- this is true. Um, but otherwise, we've got the usual cast of suspects, the 49ers. We've got a couple of those uh, picks to yep. get to the NFC title game. Rams. A couple of Rams, pick. yep. I took the Seahawks instead of the Rams. Right. Packers, as we mentioned with Aaron. Yep. Um, AFC, it looks a lot like Bills, Chiefs, Bills, Chiefs, Bills, Chiefs. Except Doug, who went with the Raiders instead of the Chiefs. The Ravens. Or the Ravens, <coughs> sorry, yeah. Which... We'll get to that in a couple minutes. That's not looking like a great pick right now. No, that's looking a little frightening, <coughs> as we will digress into later. Excuse me. My voice is probably going to be a little <laughs> rough from all the uh, singing and screaming from last night. Yes. So, But that's that's. Uh, there's really no more need to get into detail on it. No. Um, Dave gave you the eight championship picks. Nothing really out of the ordinary, nothing shocking. Um, of course, what's going to be interesting is come Sunday. We're not saying come tonight because if the if the Cowboys beat the Buccaneers. There's something wrong in the world. Yes. Come Sunday, we'll start to see those one or two surprise teams put on a good performance, start to create some buzz. Young players will start to play better than they should. And it could just be adrenaline getting them through. Right. So, pretty safe picks. Deal with it. Now, we picked almost the entire slate for week one. Of course. Of course, we were not touching the Bears and the Rams. Right. Even though all the point spreads for pro games are usually under 10 for the most part. Yeah. I just said, no way. No way. Nope. Not worth it. Yeah. And Doug would have probably been the one to pick the, pick Bears. the Bears. Probably would have. I, I and, and I know a lot of people are going back and forth with the Rams <laughs> and wondering, are they really going to be better with Matthew Stafford? Are... Are we giving him too much credit? Did they overpay for him? Is he really worth what they gave up to bring him in over Jared Goff? I think he is. So do I. He's a lot more accurate. Seeing what he was able to do in Detroit where he pretty much had nothing around him forever, never had a defense to keep him in a game. I mean, the, how many late leads did they blow over the years? It's pretty pathetic. Yeah, the key is, number one, stay healthy. Yep. Number two, I think, 
And again, we're going to talk about the Ravens and how their running back situation has just completely imploded on them. I think the trade that the Rams made for Sony Michelle with the Patriots could end up being the difference. You know, it very well could. Michelle, he's not been spectacular, but he's solid. I he will get you he, those couple yards. He can catch out of the backfield. That's what I think is going to be the big deal. He's going to be the one that, that he's going to comes be a safety net with Henderson and Michelle. The combination might just be good enough. They've got two great receivers. If Stafford actually again stays healthy, Higby is a solid tight end. Yeah, the defense goes without saying they're one of the top five or six in the league. The only thing outside of health that could really hurt them is they play in my, in my opinion, they play in the toughest division in the NFL. Yeah. You, out you in basically the, West is... the NFC West, you've got four potential playoff teams, San Francisco, Arizona, Seattle, Seattle and, them. and them. Yeah. So yeah. that could cause them some problems down the road. Whereas like the Packers, the Packers get a cakewalk through the NFC North. Yeah. They they I would be surprised if they lost a game. And the Bucks shouldn't have a huge problem repeating in the South. No. They should run roughshod through that one. Now you and I though, I think we agree on one thing. Coming out of the South. Okay, the Panthers, bah, whatever. Yeah, you no. know. The the Falcons, bah, whatever. If Jameis Winston can actually prove finally his potential, if the LASIK surgery worked, yeah, if he can, if he can read coverages deep down the field, which had been his biggest issue, if he can make that adjustment, then that Saints team is going to be a force down there. Yes. Now they just lost Latavius Murray not to injury, but because of a contract dispute which is interesting. There seem to be a lot more contract disputes here this offseason heading into the regular season than I'm I'm used to hearing about. Yeah, everybody wants to get paid. But the Saints told Latavius, nope, hit the bricks, man. Not going to do it. We don't have the cap room to make it happen, so bye-bye. Yeah. And that's what more teams have to have the balls to do. Because you can't keep restructuring, restructuring, and deferring everything down the road into the future. Yep. That's going to create even more problems, especially long-term problems, that the Saints are now having to deal with. Yeah, the Saints, the Saints problem, as opposed to maybe the other, let's say, 15 teams in the league, who just overpay their quarterbacks. That's the that's the normal problem. $40 million contract to the quarterback. Ask the Houston Texans how, did how that that's work working out. out. For you? You're going to have a healthy scratch sitting on the bench making $40 million a year yeah. into Sean Watson. Because the league doesn't have the balls to do anything at this point. The Saints are lucky in the respect that even though they did give Taysom Hill a ridiculous contract, it was ridiculous for the fact that you don't pay a backup quarterback the money that they did pay him. 
but uh, Winston's not making a ton of money. If you combine no. you combine Winston and Hill's two contracts, you're not even close to a Mahomes, no, a Ryan, not. a Rodgers. No, you got two solid players right there. Yeah, they they spent their money unwisely in other areas. You're right. They've always had cap problems here recently. But you can't blame the quarterback this time. No, you can't. The Bears, of course, we're not expecting much from them. Nope, not especially with Andy Dalton under center. No. And I I still question that offensive line. That's still our big issue along with the secondary. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Those are by far the two glaring problems the Bears have. Again, the North isn't that strong. No. They might be able to knock off the Lions. They might be able to knock off the Vikings. But, I mean, are we really looking at any You're probably than, looking at a split with them. Yeah, are we looking at five or six wins at most for the Bears? Probably. They're going to be under 500. It would be a miracle. The question is going to be, are they going to be smart enough, which they weren't with Mitch Trubisky. They let a lame duck coach panic in John Fox and push Mitch Trubisky in because Mike Glennon sucked ass. Yep. Now, are we looking at a repeat of history? The only issue I... A lame duck coach pushing our young stud rookie in because we've got a shitty veteran who who might or might not be halfway decent. Yeah. The I will say there is no comparison between Trubisky and Fields. Trubisky was coming off of one year as a starter ever. He came late and a mediocre and a mediocre college program. Yeah, he came late to playing quarterback. Right. I don't think he started playing quarterback till he got to North Carolina. And then he had one mediocre year where he showed he had potential, but there wasn't enough there to know what he could or couldn't do and he didn't have the experience to be able to step in. Fields, a proven starter, lots of experience, has shown what he's capable of leading a team and making big plays. So I would say Fields is more ready than probably a lot of the quarterbacks that have come out. I do agree. I do agree that I would rather have a battle-tested kid coming out of college like Fields the only thing I worry about is we've seen this before. Quarterback is such a hard position to judge. You know, it an is. offensive lineman, if you draft one, if you see one that's that good in college and you draft him, I mean, outside of the Bears who who draft injury prone. Right. As long as they're not tackles, they're not dealing with back issues like the Bears always seem to draft tackles with back issues you know a guy is going to be a stud for 10 years all yeah. he's got to do is take up space and figure basic blocking technique yeah quarterback is so because i agree with you completely wholeheartedly about justin fields my problem is you can look back at history 
and look back at quarterbacks over the last, even the last just 10, 15 years. Or the last five. A.J. McCarron, what happened to him? Came out of highly touted Alabama. You know, why isn't every Alabama quarterback prone to success? Now, Mac Jones is supposedly the second coming because Bill Belichick says so. Okay. We'll see. You know. What did he see in him that nobody else did? Yeah. Matt Stafford, we were just talking about him. He's the last great quarterback to come out of Georgia. You know, Fromm, what happened to him? I thought he was great. You know, he won 10, 11 games every year. Yeah. Where do you see him? Who knows? Who knows about Trevor Lawrence? Right. That's a crapshoot right there, too. Who knows about Trevor Lawrence? And how many of these secondary guys who were starters and played three or four years who wound up as backups for a year and never got a chance, who you thought you could see them playing on Saturday doing well. You thought, all right, they've got the arm. They can read a defense. They should do well. And they never even get a sniff of the field. Yeah. And you wonder why all these GMs, all these head coaches like John Gruden, who have power with the front office, have showers, have beds, have yeah. pull out couches. They live there. Yeah. They because they are they're so stressed about making the wrong decision. I God bless them. Yeah. I don't know how they do it. And so instead of trying some of these young guys out, you wind up retreading. Andy, Andy Dalton. Dalton. Nick Foles. Who we still can't get rid of. All the Ravens running backs are going down. How about a quarterback or two? Yeah. So we can get rid of Nick Foles. Please, somebody take him off our hands. All right, real quick, a couple headlines, and then we get into our picks. Uh, We mentioned Deshaun Watson will not start week one for the Texans. Nope, always a healthy scratch. So we get the underwhelming Tyrod Taylor. Woohoo! For Yay. some reason, the San Diego Chargers Again. loved him until you they go. poked him in the lung. <laughs> yeah, here you go. Another retread. This is what, his third team? At least. At least his third. Yeah. And he's never proven anything. No. At least Andy Dalton had a run of six or seven great years. Yeah. And the only thing holding him back was their coach. Oh, yeah. Let's not get started on Marvin Lewis, please. Um, But, yeah, I don't understand the obsession with Tyrod Taylor. The Texans could literally be the worst team we've seen in a long, long time. Yeah. Could this be the next Ofer? I don't think so because that division is so weak that it's It's possible they could stumble This week one, we'll get to this week one pick. I have said this to you for days. This Jaguars-Texans game, to me, <laughs> is a dumpster fire that I want to see. Yeah, this is going to be If I was a rich man, I would get direct ticket just for this game. <laughs> How does Trevor Lawrence look? How does Urban Meyer coach everybody? Yeah, that's, yeah. And then this this lack of offense that Texas is throwing out there. So, And we talked about T.J. Watt getting his four-year $112 million extension. Crazy money for defense. 
Yeah, just came down today. Ugh. Highest paid per year player on defense now in the NFL. Whatever. And of course, Be- we talked about the Ravens, the the running back situation. They lost Dobbins. Now they've lost Gus Edwards. They also have lost Marcus Peters on the defensive side. Yep. I don't know what's happening. Team Hill. I mean, between the ACL tears and a torn Achilles, their backfield has been decimated. Yeah. So I don't think this is going to be a referendum on Harbaugh. I think this is going to be a referendum on Lamar Jackson. Can Lamar Jackson overcome all these early season obstacles and prove that he's worthy of one of these mega contracts we're talking about? Yeah. So far, we haven't seen it. No, he's, he's regressed in my book. Yeah. He has taken steps backward. So with the backfield, do they pull Le'Veon Bell off the practice squad this week? Trenton Cannon that they have just signed recently, and now I guess today they just picked up Devonta Freeman. Yeah. So they've got a, no running backs who know the playbook at this point. Outside of their quarterback, who's basically a running back. <laughs> yeah. So He runs the ball better than he throws the ball. Yeah, so basically it's going to be on his shoulders. Yep. And hopefully for them, he doesn't take the big hit and get the injury. All right, it is time. Picks, picks, picks. Of course, tonight's game, as we tape, Cowboys at Buccaneers. Everybody's taking the Bucks. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. I don't think anybody really knows for sure how Dak Prescott's going to look. Zach Martin is out on that offensive line for COVID reasons. The defense, I don't know if they're any better than they were last year when they were a sieve. Yeah, that oh, they were bad. They were bad. Tom Brady will not let the Buccaneers lose this game. No. If they do, then there's something seriously wrong. Now, the rest of the picks going through Sunday the 12th into Monday the 13th, I find them very intriguing because there's not a marquee matchup per se. It's a lot of bad teams versus bad teams, mediocre teams versus mediocre teams, decent teams versus decent teams. Yeah, but there's not that stellar that you wanted to see. Right. We, we do not Rams, have a Georgia-Clemson. You're not getting a Rams-Packers. You're not getting a Chiefs-Bills right off the bat. Yeah. You know. So, th- but that's why I said earlier, I think this is going to be a really interesting week to sort out what we're going to see going forward. Eagles at Falcons. Is Jalen Hurts for real? Is Nick Sirianni better than his opening press conference? <laughs> is he a doofus or is he actually a... A decent head coach. We'll find out. Uh, Everybody but uh, uh, Nick. Sorry. Everybody but Nick takes the Falcons. Nick takes the Eagles. Wow. Big question there. Now, a couple years ago, this would have been a marquee matchup. Steelers at the Bills. Uh, I think Big Ben shot. Sorry. Yeah, they should not have brought him back. Going Going up to play... At Orchard Park, everybody takes the Bills. Yep. This one is another a train wreck that I just would love to watch. This is just 
bad. Vikings at the Bengals. <sighs> Kirk Cousins is known right now more for his stance on the vaccinations than he is for playing football. So true. The Bengals have got three good receivers. Joe Burrow's back, but you've got a head coach who hasn't proven yet he can do anything, let alone – I don't even know if he can tie his shoe. <laughs> he's got Velcro. He, but he's on the hot seat. He has got to show some kind of improvement on this team. I think they're going to do it. Yep. It's almost a split panel on this one. It is a split panel on this one. I'm taking the Bengals at home. I just – don't like the way the Vikings generally play on the road. So is Mrs. C, and so is the governor. Everybody else takes the Vikings. So Dave, as he said, points out a split. Always love the splits, especially if it's really hot, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This one shocked me. Cardinals at Titans. This could actually be considered one of the best matchups of the weekend. It could be, and we, across the board, go with the Titans. No faith with Cliff Kingsbury. No faith with, with Kyler Murray, Murray on the road against a really good Titans team. Yeah, they're just solid. Yeah. They, got a decent de- they got a decent defense, running game to control the ball game, and enough offense to get you the points. Yep. Another interesting, good but not great matchup, Seahawks at the Colts. What do we get out of Carson Wentz? Do we get Carson Wentz? Are the Seahawks stuck in the mud? I mean, for the last couple of years, they've been 10-6, and 11-5. They might win a playoff game, but then they, they end up getting pasted. You know, the Packers might paste them, the 49ers might, whoever they end up facing in that second round. Now, this should be a make-or-break year for Carroll. I agree, but I don't think it is. I, I agree, but I don't think it is. They have got enough talent to be better than what they've shown recently. For sure. They've spent enough. Everybody but Sam and Bill goes with the Seahawks. They are sticking with the home team, the Colts. I do like Frank Reich as a head coach. I think he's underrated, but with Carson Wentz under center, you got to prove it to be first. No kidding. Real quick here to wrap up our last half a dozen picks or so. Chargers at Washington. Another great matchup. I love, love Justin Herbert, but I also love Ron Rivera, and I love that defense. And with Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think the Redskins win the NFC East. It's possible that they could do that. I uh, just don't know if he's there enough to get him going in the first week. So you are taking, taking the, Chargers. the Chargers. So is Sam. So is Doug. Everybody else takes Washington. Jets at Panthers. God help me for saying it, but I'll take Sam Darnold. Yeah, I know. Over the the Jets just don't look ready yet. No, they he, do not. They got the high-drafted quarterback. They've had injuries on the defense. Everybody but Jen takes the Panthers. Jaguars at Texans. <laughs> Come Gee, on. Urban Meyer what? has got to be better than this Tully guy, right? I would think so. Trevor Maybe. Lawrence has got to be better than Tyrod Taylor, even Maybe. in his first game. 
James Robinson, the running back, even though they lost Etienne, James Robinson's got to be better than the combination of Ingram and Lindsey and, and David Johnson. The right? Texans don't know what they want to be. They don't know what they want to do. I think they're tanking for the next great quarterback is what they're doing and Probably. hoping that somehow they get some relief and can get rid of Deshaun Watson. Probably not going to happen. Everybody takes the Jaguars except for Jen. She goes to the Texans. Browns at Chiefs. Nobody believes in the Browns yet when it comes to playing in Kansas City. Everybody right. takes the Chiefs except the governor. <laughs> sees the upset. Good for him. I don't. No, neither do I. This one shocked me. Dolphins at Patriots. Thought more people would go with Belichick, but five Dolphins picks versus three Patriots picks. I got to know what Jones has before I have any confidence trying to take the Patriots at this point. What about Tua, though? They're at home. No, no, it's at, at New England. Oh, is it at New England? Yes. I wasn't paying attention to that. Nah, I still don't. <laughs> I still trust Tua more so. Packers at this point. versus the Saints in Jacksonville because of the hurricane. Everybody takes the Packers. Broncos at the Giants. Interesting matchup. I cannot go with Teddy Bridgewater, but you are. I am. Maybe because of the defense. Defense is what I'm thinking on that one. The Giants' offense is just offensive. Broncos for Dave, Bill, and Jen, everybody else. Giants. Of course, the injuries with the running backs and the defense came down today with the Ravens. We didn't know that. Picks were due last night. Dave gets lucky. I'm on Raider Island, baby. Everybody else took the Ravens. There you go. Now it's time to take a break and go into the college game. All right. We'll be right back, kids. In a world of politically correct sports coverage, Two individuals stand alone as the last bastion of sanity. The maestro and the conquistador star in Sports Frenzy 2.0, the podcast. Available on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Apple, Overcast, and CastBox. All right, welcome back to Sports Frenzy 2.0 here on September 9th. Segment 2 here, NCAA football. I'm the conquistador Dave Height. And I'm the maestro Kevin Crane. And we're going to give you a recap of the carnage from last weekend, along with uh, some of our picks for this week upcoming. Yes, I show seven of the teams that were ranked in the initial AP poll got beat. Week one. Yeah. Wow. Yep. So do the math, kids. That's over 25%. Yeah. Not 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 a good start. I know they don't teach that in schools anymore. <laughs> Percentages along with cursive handwriting. I was just thinking math. <laughs> <laughs> Critical race theory first, math later. Yeah. You know, you got to pick what's important to get you through life. <laughs> but we would be remiss if I, if I didn't let... The Conquistador. Talk about our local team. You you don't want to take your favorite team's slaughter? That's the whole point. Why would I talk <laughs> about that game? Why would I talk about the Hurricanes getting destroyed by Alabama 44 to 13? <laughs> I didn't even watch 10 minutes of the game. There you go. I knew what was coming. 
it happened. It happened. <laughs> there you go. The inter- the entertaining Notre Dame Florida State game was was something to behold. It was more entertaining and a closer game than it ever should have been. Uh Florida State really should not have been in that game. Notre Dame played a horrible, horrible second half to let Florida State in and to even take the lead where they had to come back and do the tie. I mean, it was just a poor performance by both the offense and the defense. Execution was horrible. (laughs) As Coach Kelly said that his team should be executed for that performance, kind of misconstruing John McKay's famous quote when asked about his team's execution of the day where he goes, I'm in favor of it. We didn't tackle well today, but we made up for it by not blocking. (laughs) So basically, that's what kind of performance Notre Dame gave. They did not execute well at all. But of course, everybody gets up in arms about the fact he botched the quote. And they wanted to execute his team. He wanted to kill his team. You know, sometimes... It's amazing to me. The same people that get up in arms about this stuff are the ones that are more than willing to smash windows, loot stores, and cause kill mass police chaos. officers. Yeah. But they get up in arms about a quote like this that was just butchered. Yeah. Get over butchered. it. Get over it. Idiots. Morons. So. So 41-38 was the final score. We talked about, we did not watch the game together, but we both did watch the full game. We did talk about uh, ESPN's broadcasting crew was abysmal. Oh my God, Joe they were Tessitore bad. had to talk about this Mackenzie Milton kid who came the quarterback. in. Quarterback, you know, you would have thought it was Rudy. You you would have thought it was every possible hero in sports history wrapped up and entwined into one human His being knee who was might possibly totally also dis- save all of mankind. His knee was totally destroyed. He wasn't expected to ever walk again, let alone play football. How many of these stories have we seen over the years? And it was a fine story, but they really brought they it up ran it every into the five minutes. Every five minutes, how about every time he made a play? Jesus, God. Now, I will say he was so much better than the uh, starting quarterback, the kid. Oh who started the game for the Seminoles, yeah. just looked Milton, like a deer in headlights. Yeah, Milton was a hell of a lot better, but still. But yeah, that being said, get uh, typical ESPN. Yeah, because they also focused on the uh, young kid in the wheelchair who, I can't think of his name now, from Florida State, their lineman, who took this kid under his wing. actually. The kid was a Notre Dame fan, right? and when this guy played at Notre Dame, took a liking to the kid, fell, you know, treated him like a little brother, he transferred to Florida State to be closer to him and the family. Yeah. It wasn't quite as bad as the Mackenzie Milton stuff, though. No. No, but, you know, that was a decent feel-good story, but they kept going over and showing them every chance they got to. And you got to keep in mind, kids, 
This is the first year where we've done this podcast. So you have to understand something. The maestro ain't a Notre Dame fan. So don't take this in any way, shape, or form as me sticking up for Notre Dame. He will not do it. No. I'm just ripping on the coverage, the rat, and their little subsidiary known as ESPN. It it was focusing more on those human interest stories versus what was actually going on on the field. Yeah. I was halfway expecting Booger McFarland to scoot onto the field (laughs) in his little... uh, his little handicap scooter he had a couple of years ago on Monday Night Football. <laughs> so, like I mentioned, number 10, North Carolina. Number 12, Wisconsin. Number 16, LSU. Number 17, IU. Number 20, Washington. Number 23, Louisiana, all lost. But, of course, the big Titanic battle was the Georgia-Clemson game, which saw number three, Clemson, get knocked off. This was a slobber knocker. That was one of the all-time great defensive performances by both teams. The difference was... The pick six. The pick six that Georgia got. Yep, the pick six. And I'll tell you what, uh, everybody knows Dave and I disagree on paying the players. All I'm going to say is all week leading up into this game, I saw the Dr. Pepper commercial <laughs> with DJ. Yep, there you go. And I'm not going to even try to say his last name because I've had a couple beers. Yeah. But Clemson. he got paid NIL money to be in that Dr. Pepper commercial. And he throws the pick And he looked like shit. He looked Against Georgia. Not taking anything away from Kirby Smart's defense, but he looked like shit. He looked lost. He looked lost out there. He ain't Deshaun Watson. He ain't Trevor Lawrence right now. I'll tell you that. Not even close. And even though we did preview this game, and we talked about the fact that this was the outcome that could serve both teams well. Because Georgia's going to have to play Alabama at some point. Right. They'll probably lose that game. Clemson can ride through the ACC with a mediocre team and still come out with one loss total. Yeah, they could still be in contention. Georgia could not lose this game, and they did not. They had to win it. And they took care of business. I'm wondering, though, if this is not going to somehow open the door for somebody else. If Clemson now stumbles one more time. And by the play of their quarterback, they damn well could. It could definitely open the door. Yes. It'll be very interesting to see how this all plays out. It was great to have a couple games like the Notre Dame-Florida State game and the Georgia-Clemson game to really kick off this season. Yeah. Because now the polls have shifted dramatically. Georgia jumps all the way up to number two. Clemson slips to six. Six. Again, not devastating. They can make that up. Iowa jumps all the way up to 10 after pounding Indiana, which we talked about. Yeah. We We didn't trust Indiana. No. They were coming off the greatest year season they've had. And I didn't like the way they ended the year. And I didn't think they could maintain it. And it 
doesn't look like they're going to be able to. Yep. And now the one that tricked us with the other team that made a huge jump in the polls was Penn State jumped all the way up to number 11. I said I didn't trust Franklin. I didn't trust that program. I figured Wisconsin early on is pretty at much home. gold, especially at home. Wow. That was a letdown and a half right there. Yep. And they play, as I recall, we were talking about the Notre Dame schedule, those two teams coming up here pretty soon. I think Wisconsin, Wisconsin and Notre Dame. And Notre Dame. Wisconsin cannot lose another game. No. No, So they you wonder can't. how and desperate they're going to be. But that's the fun of this whole deal. I'll take pro football any day over college. But if we can somehow, as we have talked about for the last couple months, blow up college football, I'm all for it. Speaking of which, our final topic in college football before we get to a, a light slate this week of picks. Everything we said came true with the Big 12. Everything we <laughs> wanted came true. Now I think we're still going to have a, a power five because basically the Big 12 went out and got the best four teams they possibly could. Yep. Without poaching from any of the other power Monster, fives. Yeah. They got BYU. They got Cincinnati, they got UCF, and they got Houston, and it's mutual love. Those four schools immediately applied. Well, yeah, UCF needed and they're a saying, Power Five conference to by tomorrow, be able to have by a By tomorrow, shot. they're saying the Big 12 will approve and accept them. Well, yeah, they would be stupid not to. But that makes the Big 12 actually 12 teams again. They were 10 before. Yeah, so that this is a good thing overall. It's bad for the smaller conferences. It is losing UCF and losing Cincinnati and BYU going away and Houston. Well, BYU's been kind of They've floating, been floating around. around. They, they were independent. Yeah. And then. So, but yeah, I feel bad for the smaller conferences because now what do they do? You know, do they go out and poach teams from even smaller conferences? <sighs> It's the frickin' merry-go-round that will not end. All because of stupid money to the SEC from the rat. I know this is going to sound crazy. Uh, there's part of me that actually thinks the Big 12 will now be actually more interesting. With, with Texas and Oklahoma gone, like we talked about with Nebraska, when they went to the Big 10 and they became irrelevant. Yeah. Now I think this is going to make for a very competitive, very solid Big 12. I really do. it will. It's going to be very interesting to see how Texas and Oklahoma fare in the SEC. I think this actually gives Cincinnati, which right now is a really good program, Ranked this in the top bolsters 10. them big time. This might actually make them more of a favorite in the coming years if they can sustain the level they're at right now. This makes them, to me, more of a favorite to make the college football playoff than Texas or Oklahoma. Yeah, because they're going from ruling the roost, especially Oklahoma, to how are they going to recruit in the SEC? Yeah. Yeah, have fun with Georgia and- every year. Alabama possibly every year. Yeah, it's you know? 
they're going to fall kind of like Nebraska did going to the Big Ten. Yep. Watch out for it. All right. Real quick here, and then we'll move on. We'll, I think we're actually going to be able to do this in three segments this week. Possibly, maybe. Not a lot of games on the NCAA slate. We're only going to hit a couple of them here. If you want to see the full slate of all of our picks, go to our Facebook page. Only got seven college picks this week. Um, the Iowa at Iowa State game's interesting. Yep. All, the interstate rivalries are always good. They're both ranked. Iowa State's defensive power. How good is Iowa? I mean, I'm again, we we talked about this and we predicted that IU was kind of uh, not as good as we everybody thought they were going to be. Right. I So now I'm going to go with Iowa State. I think uh. Iowa State with the defense, I don't trust Kirk Ferentz. I trusted him last week because, again, yeah. see, I, I don't thought Indiana know. was a little bit of a sham. Yeah. But yeah, you're with me. I thought so, too. I, I thought about Iowa, but Iowa State has been more solid over the last few years. Definitely on both sides of the I will always defer to defense. Yeah. I will. So most, most of the panel agrees with us. Uh, Bill and Aaron are going with Iowa. The rest of us go Iowa State. It is a home game for Iowa State. Yep. The other game on the slate that really intrigues me, how far Washington has fallen over the last two or three years. It used to be a dependable yeah. top 10, top 15 team. Well, now they stumble out of the gate. Peterson's no longer coaching them. I know. I know. But still, you would think... There'd be a little bit of carryover. I know we talked about Florida State and how that program fell apart. There was no carryover. Yeah. Doesn't seem to be much here in Washington either. Going up again, again, Harbaugh <sighs> every week, week, the drama, week by week. Can he win? Can he keep winning? Can he get to that high echelon level? <sighs> it's against a weak Washington team, but they're at home. They should win it. Yep. Most of us are taking Michigan. Yeah, we got two Washington picks, Sam and Doug. The rest of us go with the Wolverines. So there you go, kids. Those are your college picks for the week. All right, let's move on. Let's talk a little NASCAR. We got time. <laughs> let's wedge it in here into this segment. Yep, let's, let's push it through. Darlington. Race one of the chase. Goes to Denny Hamlin with his first win of the season. Yes. Yes, very impressive. Great race, by the way. I, I know, I don't think you watched it, right? I did not get to see it. I watched some of the highlights. And the, Now, you heard about the, the whole thing with his girlfriend, right? Did you hear about this? No. This was one of the reasons why I didn't know what was going to happen with him. Because there were... Social media. God, social media that sucks. The bane of everyone's existence. Keep that he thought in mind up, when we get he to He broke MLB. up with his longtime girlfriend. They've got a couple kids together. And she was putting out tweets about, oh, I'm going to start talking about stuff. Oh, I'm going to start telling people stuff about what's really been happening. <laughs> uh... But 
I still have not been able to confirm whether or not now this was posted on a major, major media outlet. Not on the NASCAR sites, but on the regular news websites. Hmm. The thing that threw me off when I read the stories, and they were posted for two or three solid days, was that, you know how they do the hashtag crap? Oh, that. Yeah. She was hashtagging Denny Hamilton. Not Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamilton. Uh, so I was kind well, of, huh? is, is the reporter an idiot for not getting the hashtag right? Did he let autocorrect screw it up? Is there what's going on here? I haven't heard anything since. There he you goes go. out. He wins the race. So this might be one of those times when there was smoke but no fire. Yeah, somebody just smart. No, off. I'm not saying Tony Stewart was somehow involved. No, no, no. <laughs> but yeah, good for Denny to win his first race. Oh. Oh wait, wait, wait. Push. Oh, it's time for our Kyle Busch update. $50,000 fine for being an angry asshat. Almost driving over a guy, pushing a tank across the entry to the garage area because he was so mad. One, he flew down onto pit road, running over cones, sending them flying in the vicinity of spectators who were down in that area. Then comes flying through pit road, through the wall to get to the garage area, not paying attention and almost runs a couple people down. And there's no excuse for driving that damn fast in that area. He deserves every bit of that penalty, if not more. And then, of course, when they caught him for an interview later on national TV, he decided to say he had a shit team. A shit car. Yeah. <laughs> and, of Ugh. course, Kyle Petty had to come out and apologize for his language. Uh, but at least he owned up to the incident where he came down into Austin Dillon causing he did. the wreck. He did. He did, Which, not, did not try to blame Austin Dillon. He took responsibility for it. And then blamed his shit team and shit car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he kind of took responsibility. <laughs> but there were a lot of a lot of cars, a lot of drivers with a lot of problems in that race. Not just you know physically damaging the car. There was Martin Truex, our our pick for last week, got nailed twice. Once he got screwed by a, uh, a loose wheel, and uh, the second time he got nailed for speeding. speeding. Still managed to come back and finish fourth. But but it killed him on the extra points. The, the loose wheel was the one that killed us because that was the one that kept him from getting any stage points Ugh. in segment two. And we could have used four or five extra points. That would have him. been helpful there. Because in our standings, that dropped us down a little bit. Now, we expected this. We talked about this. Yep. We knew Kyle Larson was going to have a great race. We knew Sam and Bill were probably going to jump out in the lead. Fine. But yeah, that's what we're looking at now with our Frenzy Cup competition is now that it's we're not racing against the NASCAR drivers like we do we're, in our first 26. We're against each other at this point. So those bonus points we lost 
hurt. From Turex in that second segment hurt. And he, everybody admitted he had the best car out there. Ugh, he should have won that race. Should have won that race. So that being said, we move on to the playoff race number two. Saturday night at Richmond. Yes, 9-11. Of course, it's going to be a very solemn, very sad day across the sports landscape with NASCAR running, college football, Yankees and Mets playing in New York. Um, So, of course, NASCAR's race at Richmond is the Federated Auto Parts Salute to American Heroes 400. Very intriguing picks among our eight panelists as we go two, 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 two. Ooh. So nobody, nobody on an island, but you got your partner here. You're going to have to deal with this week. Yeah, there we go. So you're going to have to be rooting with somebody who is your mortal enemy. Oh, never fails in this, this competition here. So... The elder statesman and I agree that Mr. Hissy Fit Kyle Bush. <laughs> Don't drive angry. He will bounce back. He's in desperation mode. Yep. He is in desperation mode, even though he's starting, I think, 15th because of the formula. Yeah, stupid formula. I think he'll be good. I think he is going to try to prove to everybody yep. right that now, he's not out yet. Yeah. Right now, I am sticking with my master plan that I had sketched out. And I'm going for a back-to-back double like I got to end the season with Blaney. I'm taking Hamlin at Richmond. Yeah, I was going to say, it worked for you with Blaney. Why wouldn't it work again? It Why could not? work again. He's great at Richmond. He runs very well there. I'm just, I, I'm starting to get in conservation mode. I'm just... I'm looking to drop back. I'm, I'm treating this all now like Talladega. I'm going <laughs> to drop to the back of the pack, but keep myself inside I... of the leader. And then when I get to the final couple races, final four races, I have the guys that are still in it and everybody else has burned them all already. I will be sitting pretty. I will draft my way to the front and I will reclaim the frenzy cup. Jen and Doug take Joey Logano. And, of course, I did not mention with Who? you, Aaron. Aaron You're is paired going. with the Big Easy with there Denny Hamlin. Go. And then the Big Blue W and Nick the Juggler are taking Truex this week. That could be a good pick. That could yes, really be a good it pick. it could. So, Bill Solid could, Bill could jump top. out to a very healthy lead here. So, we'll see how it all plays out. Couple minutes left here. We've got some racing news to discuss. We've talked about the possibility of the Cup Series running at the LA Coliseum now on and off for a couple months. Again, rumors are starting to heat up, but the good news is it will not be, it looks like, a regular season points race. That would be a good thing. At this point, the latest rumor is they are going to run in the LA Coliseum in the very first event, not race, but event, event of 2022. It will replace the clash at Daytona. 
as so, an exhibition race. So this is the one where all your poll winners from the previous year and past winners of the V event get to run. Basically, it's a dash for cash. Right. Right. And I'd be okay with that. Yeah, something a little different. And the thing is, Daytona can't bitch and piss and moan and complain because now if they keep the schedule similar to what it was this year. They got three damn races. They can't anyway, complain. Yeah, so. they're, they've got three races. They cannot complain if they lose the exhibition. Yeah, clash. it's not a big deal. Yeah. It, it's kind of lost its luster of late. Well, anyway. you, know, you know how I am about this crap. I, if, if it doesn't matter, I don't watch it. Golf. If it's not a major, I don't watch it. Racing, I don't watch the all-star race. Baseball all-star game, only time I watched it was when home field was involved. The yeah. minute they backed off on that a couple years ago because they were wuss bags and they couldn't stand by something that was actually, in my opinion, smart. Yeah, it was It was a great thing. Made it, these guys actually play, show up and play. Yeah, I mean – Everybody, oh, the All-Star Game, All-Star Game. No, usually it's a crap fest. But when home field was on the line for baseball, you had some damn good games. Yep. So I won't watch anything that doesn't matter when it comes to the regular season for that particular sport or for historical matters. There you go. Again, tennis, golf. If it's not a major, who gives a rat's ass? There you go. All right, kids. Next time you hear us in our final segment this week, we will be reporting on the opening game as the Buccaneers and Cowboys <laughs> are kicking off as we wrap up segment two. Yep. Stay tuned, kids. Hello, friends. Are you tired of the boring sports analysis you get from the major outlets? If so, Join the maestro and the conquistador for a riveting discussion of all sports topics on Sports Frenzy 2.0. Available on Spotify, Google, Apple, and wherever podcasts are available. All right, welcome back to Sports Frenzy 2.0 here on September 9th as we're coming back from the opening drives of the NFL. I'm the conquistador Dave Height. Yep, I'm the maestro Kevin Crane. Two great punts yes. to start off the season with oh, the Buccaneers and the man. Cowboys. Buccaneers go three and out. Their punter drops one inside the coffin corner at the two-yard line. And then the Cowboys get a decent drive. They come back, but they get they get stalled out, and their punter nails it down in the six, at the six-yard line. Yeah. So good punts right off the bat there. Who would have thought it'd be a defensive battle so far? Yeah, interesting. All right, back to our topic at hand. Yep, we're going to wrap League up baseball. Yep, we're going to wrap up this week. Only doing three segments this week. We thought we might have to go four, but we're going to cram it all in in three. That's right. That's what she said. But um, bump. Your White Sox scuffling along. Thankfully, so is everybody else in their division. Uh, frustrating to watch. They'll hit or they won't. They'll score or they won't. Uh, injury, again, Eloy Jimenez, 
now day-to-day with a bone bruise on his right knee, sitting in the dugout. Foul ball comes screaming in and catches him. He stayed in the game, but it stiffened up on him, so now they've got him held out. <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to say that every every, every comment. comment <laughs> there you go. Uh, pitching is spot starters needed because Rodan was out with a tight or a stiff shoulder. He should be back for game one against Boston this weekend. Uh, Lance Lynn should be back for a start on Sunday. And then Lucas Giolito should be back next Tuesday. So help is on the way and God, they need it as bad as Dallas Keuchel is pitching right now. He has been absolutely abysmal and it all started when they banned the sticky stuff. And but we talked about this. Once you get to the playoffs, and the White Sox will make the playoffs. The thing is, we were discussing they're getting close enough now to the Astros where the scuffling now isn't hurting them in terms of making the postseason. No, it's, it's hurting them in terms of getting that number two seed. Where we Tampa's going to clinch. Tampa's number one. got number one. They are just right. on such a tear. Right. But, but the Astros are struggling along. They're letting Seattle right back into things. Right. But you've got, if they're healthy, Giolito, Lynn, Rodon, and then and Cease has been a don't solid Don't worry about four. Keuchel. Keuchel you, can you're just stressing out about goodbye. Keuchel when you don't need to. No, but it, it's sad that we're looking at that's a guaranteed loss whenever he takes the mound right now. Right. And there's a chance he might not even make the postseason roster. Right. You've got if Lambert you who's think... come in, spot starting is looking pretty good. Uh, you know, we'll have to see. Can Keuchel take on that kind of role? Coming out of the bullpen? I can't remember what he what he was doing I... when he was with the Astros. I assume he was one he was... of the, the guys in the rotation. Yeah, he was a rotation guy. So can guy, he take so... on a long relief role if needed? Otherwise, you don't put him on the postseason right, and roster. I don't think you do at this point. And you can always switch every round. Can, yeah, so you're going to have to leave him off at this point. So so 80 and 60 right now after the loss today to the Athletics. But again, the White Sox are in clear control of the Central. The Cubs yep. coming off an unbelievable winning streak. Where the hell are they coming out of? No pressure. They're just going out I and playing? I told you last week, man, Good they're starting Lord. to resemble that Orlando Magic team. Guys playing for their future. Yep. They only got a couple years left. They, they were mired in the minors forever. Wisdom, uh, Ortega. Yeah, these guys are just on fire. these guys. Now, all of a sudden, Hap decides that he wants to start playing baseball again. I said said Wisdom was going to be the leader in home runs for the Cubs, but now Hap's on fire. He might catch Wisdom. Jason Hayward, for the love of God, hit a (laughs) a three-run game-winning home run. He hasn't hit a he home run in how long? For, oh, come on. He's got eight this year, Dave. Ooh. You know, for the, what, 26, 27 million he's making this year? Yep. Ugh. But the Cubs are 65 and 76. Much more respectable than I thought it would be. Not yeah, going to lose 100 games. Lose 100. Might not even lose 90. You know, they might actually post a respectable record. And all of this has been happening with David Ross and Jed Hoyer contracting COVID. Yep. So you have your bench coach leading the charge right now. And of course, 
we talked about this. I just I do find this very funny that <laughs> the, the pitcher, who's pitcher. Won, who who won two of the games in the winning streak is named F Ross. <laughs> <laughs> but now you told me you heard that Ross actually has played off of that and made uh, a joke Mrs. about C, it. I think oh, said. It was Mr. C. Okay, that said that David Ross actually came out and said. Yeah, I'm. I'm really happy that that he's doing well because when I hear F. Ross, I'm, I'm thinking it's about they're him. They're talking good about the team <laughs> and the pitcher, and not telling me what I can do with myself. <laughs> that being said, kind of a, a down week with baseball. This is what you get. You still got a couple weeks to go before we really get into the heat of any wild yeah. card or divisions that are going to come down to the last couple games yeah here so, the east is that east and the wild card is getting interesting because the yankees after that 13 game winning streak have lost eight of their last 10 now and are struggling mightily the red sox have actually gotten by them yeah so now the red sox would host the wild card game toronto's charging toronto's making their you run right seattle now is seattle coming. is right there and who knows what the a's are gonna wind up doing right in the NL, I, I still think it's going to end up being what we thought it was going to be. I've got to believe yeah. San Diego is going to end up catching fire at some point here. You would think, but they have been on a long slide, though. Yeah, they're they're fighting with Cincinnati for that second they're in wild that card death spiral. Spot. Yeah, we know that either the Giants or the Dodgers are going to win the West. And the other one's going to host a wild card. Yep, Brewers are going to win the Central. The East, I don't think anybody really gives a crap because whoever comes no, out of the East is going to get pummeled. They're going to get torched. And pummeled quickly. Yeah. No is good. it going to be Atlanta? Let's hope it's not the Mets after our rant about the Mets <laughs> and the thumbs down and the lost earring. And... Well, now they're just happy that DeGrom, there's no issue with the elbow. It healed itself. Yeah, it somehow healed itself. Yeah, there's no structural <laughs> damage. Okay, but there's still no timeline for his return. Buccaneers just Buccaneers scored! Took a touchdown. The Buccaneers just scored. All the right. defending champions. Draw first blood. That's right. Tom Brady to Godwin. And they're going for two. No, it was replay. Oh, that's the, that's the replay. replay. Okay, the never mind. So that's what we get for no, turning back. No, we and don't forth. want to because that's my fantasy kicker. <laughs> Suck up this week. That's a point for me. Well, but maybe. all right, Buccaneers up seven nothing. Yeah, he got it. Five minutes to go in the first quarter in the kickoff game for the NFL twenty twenty one season. All right, couple other notes in baseball. We move on to our moments of silence and the dumbasses of the week, as well as miscellaneous sports notes. Got to be negative. Going to have to be negative here. I've got a negative one for you, too. Although I think I might roll this into a dumbass. So, uh, Bob Boone, the Nationals' vice president, long time. <sighs> I mean, he was he was a stellar figure for, for a long time with the Phillies. I remember having his baseball card, watching him. Um, of course, Aaron Boone, yep, Brett Boone, his sons have made their mark. He resigns from being vice president with the Nationals over the mandate that they get the vaccine. 
Yeah, you better talk to your president today, buddy, because he's coming for you. Yep. <sighs> I guess he saw the writing on the wall. That's why. He... Yeah, so he said, I'm out. Whatever. Yeah, if you've listened to us, you know how we feel about the, the vaccine mandates. Uh, we don't like the mandates, but the responsible thing is to get the shot. Yeah. Now, beyond that, I'm with you guys 110%. Nobody should, nobody should be forced to do anything, including a vaccination or wearing a mask. But at the but same time, you need to be mature and responsible, at least with the shot. I'll fight with you on the mask. I'm done. I'm not putting a mask on again. Not doing it. I'm tired of not being able to breathe. I'm tired of not being able to look out of my glasses. If you don't want to wear the mask, get the damn shot. But you got to do something. Exactly. Perfectly said. Take responsibility somewhere and do something so we can get over this crap. Again, negative stuff. San Francisco had to happen in San Francisco. San of Francisco Giants concessions workers are striking over pay, safety, and health care. And again, it comes back to COVID. They're not They're full-time mad. employees. They're mad because they can't handle telling people, put your mask on, put your mask on, stop taking your mask off, put your mask on. Fine. Again, it comes down to get vaccinated so we don't have to put up with this mask crap. Because I'll tell you, Ugh. the first person that comes after me and says, put your mask on, I'm going to go both barrels at him. I got my shot. Leave me alone. I social distance because I hate humanity. There you go. That's the I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear the Naomi Osaka of soda vendors <laughs> whining and crying about, I oh, get tired of telling you to put your mask on. Speaking of which, David. I don't have her down as a dumbass. I figured we'd just, just kind of nail her. Collectively? Well, I shouldn't say no, that. No, <laughs> I wouldn't touch that with anything. Even though she's putting herself on the cover of the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. No, no. Our favorite snowflake had another meltdown. Miss Naomi Osaka reigns again, solidifying her... Almost number one seed in the running for dumbass of the year. Yeah, it's going to be really hard now. You know, we've three quarters of the way through the year almost. Yeah. It's going to be tough to unseat her. She has another meltdown in a losing and a match, and she just doesn't know when she's going to play again until the next major when miraculously she's going to be able to show up after doing another round of interviews. Yeah. Yeah. This I mean it's oh almost it's God, almost it's comical. Become, yeah, it's almost becoming a typical generic response for her. Now, every yeah. time she gets challenged, every time something bad happens, and the thing is, she threw a fit on the court. She threw her racket. She smashed her racket. She hit a ball into the stands. She threw a temper tantrum. She did. And then she goes, oh, my God, don't you pick on me anymore. I'm done with tennis. I'm taking a break. Yeah, well, quit drawing attention to yourself. 
Now, I will say this. The first thing I thought of again, I was like, oh, my God, here we go. Another five minutes where we're going to have to rip on Naomi Osaka. There was a little teeny tiny part of me that was thinking, who is behind the scenes? Who's her, her handler, her parents, agent? Her agent, PR people. Who's give, Is somebody giving her... <laughs> Awful, shitty advice that's making her miserable like this. Now, she's old enough. She's an adult. She could tell these people, screw off, leave me alone. I'll do what I want. If I don't want to do SI, I won't. Exactly. So it is, ultimately... It comes down to her responsibility. It's on her. But I just wonder if there are not people behind the scenes causing the problems that she's having mentally and emotionally. I'm not, I am not exonerating her. I am not exonerating her. I will not back off on the things I've said over the last couple months about her. She's an adult. She can say yes. She can say no. Her pattern of behavior tells me she is manipulating everybody. Yep. The fans, the media, and then everyone. I mentioned to you, somebody put out the theory that she's trying to still get over this match from years ago where Serena Williams, she beat Serena, but Serena Williams yelled at the line judge and got in an argument and the fans were clapping and yelling and cheering for Serena and Naomi Osaka hasn't gotten over it because she didn't understand why I won the match. Why aren't they they chanting my name and, and cheering for me and clapping for me? Well, Nobody knew who the hell you why are. Why don't you win as many Grand Slams as Serena does, and then maybe you'll get a break, and maybe people will cheer for you, even when you're acting like an idiot like she was. Well said. In a nutshell. All right. A couple other tidbits here before we move on to the moments of silence yep. and the dumbasses. Got a little NHL. The NHL and the International Olympic Committee have come to an agreement that the players will participate in the Olympics in Beijing with the caveat that if the COVID spikes become too dangerous, they can pull out. That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Now, this one doesn't bother me so much. Normally, you know how I am with PC crap. Oh, crap. Tie game. I had a feeling this was going to be a high-scoring game. Cowboys just scored a minute and a half to go in the first 7-7, seven, seven, it looks like. Pending the, extra, pending the point. extra point. All right. This one doesn't bother me. I'm actually fine with this. The Baylor's women's basketball team, they're no longer going to be called the Lady Bears. They're just going to be the Bears. I'm fine with That's that. That's fine. I, I never understood the whole lady thing. Yeah. That to me is kind of stupid. Yeah. You know, if we're going to be equal and everybody's going to be on a level playing field, then yeah, just call them the Baylor Bears. Why do we have to call them the Baylor Lady Bears? Yeah. So like, this is one time why I will say that's side. where they were doing the Lady Vols, the Lady right, Irish. Exactly, you don't exactly. have the Lady Trojans. <laughs> oh, that's what she said, Dave. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a fun <laughs> 10 minutes here to wrap up this segment. Um, uh, I'm still trying to figure out this whole thing with the NBA with the un- unvaccinated players 
in New York and in San Francisco. This the is Nets, bizarre. the Knicks, and the Warriors, based on the dictates in their cities. home cities, right now, unless things change, I gotta believe they're gonna change. The players for the home teams will not be allowed to participate in the games if they are not vaccinated. Right, because it's their home city. Visiting players can, under strict quarantine rules. Right. They will be allowed to go in to play, but they will not be allowed to leave their hotel rooms or wherever they're staying. Just very bizarre. Just very bizarre. You know, this whole thing. It's a cluster. We're a year and a half in, and we still don't know the rules. Ugh. How? I, I can't wait. It would be great. Now, don't get me wrong. It would be great if the New Jersey Nets couldn't play Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving. I don't know what their vaccination statuses <laughs> are. Wow, that would be Harden. hard. That would be- I could see Kyrie Irving being the guy who doesn't get vaccinated. And, Ooh, get, look, okay. I get time off. I get more time off. All right, I'm going to go ahead yeah. with my family. Yeah, I'm going to go hang out with a political candidate or go to a birthday party with my sister's niece's cousin's uncle. Yeah, Jeez. wherever I want to go. Still, it bothers me on that team to this day. Kevin Durant puts up with this crap. He's the one guy I thought had the heart of a champion. And really would have and, put the his foot down on these yeah. antics. Yeah. Yeah. Uh all right. This was funny. Just a quick financial note. Yes, we're gonna do a little bit of finance here on Sports Frenzy. Again, like math when we talked about that earlier. You don't get taught finances, kids, so we'll guide you through here. Yep. Patrick, Drop the zero, carry the one. Patrick Cantley. Won the Tour Championship and won the FedEx Cup. $15 million. Here's the great part of it. I mean, $15 million is pretty damn great. Yeah. His entire career earnings, 14.6 before that. <laughs> <laughs> he basically wow. doubled his career earnings by winning one tournament. Wow. Wow. Very interesting. Very cool. Not bad. ESPN. We always have to mention ESPN, especially when they make fools of themselves. I don't understand the appeal of Stephen A. Smith. Never have, never will. He's controversial. I know, I know. Jeez, Kev, you being a loudmouth, controversial person. don't. You should recognize a kindred spirit. He's an idiot. He's an idiot. Um, they booted. Now, this is, it's like one idiot getting rid of another idiot. Where they finally realized that Max Kellerman was a bigger idiot. <laughs> and they finally kicked him off a first take after a few years. Now they're going to do like rotating. Rotating co-host with him. Here's the here's you want to talk about oh. you want to talk about fresh meat and a guy that's never going to be able to hold up against Stephen A. They're Smith. bringing in Greenberg. Oh, God, that would be that would be unbelievably awful and bloody and messy. 
No, this is worse. This is How worse. How could it be worse? Fridays. Now that football season has begun, every Friday on first take, Stephen A. Smith will face off against Tim Tebow. Oh, for the love <laughs> of God and all that's holy. That's what he's going to say. That's what Tebow's going to say every time. Oh, Stephen, oh, I'll pray for you. No Stephen, kidding. Stephen, the good Lord will save your soul, Stephen. Oh, man. Can you? That's like the mismatch what, of all what, time. What, oh. It's like Mike Tyson versus Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> and I don't even like Stephen A. Smith, but he's been doing this for years and years. He can debate. He knows. He can yell. How... He can rip you to shreds. Tim Tebow does not strike me as the kind of guy who will ever be able to go toe-to-toe. With Stephen oh, A. Smith. Oh, man. Wow. All right. Moments of silence. Uh, three football Ugh. ones that I've got. Uh, I've got Tunch Ilkin, Steelers great. Yep. Keith McCants. And then David Patton died in a motorcycle crash. He was not that far removed from his playing days. No. Um Sam Bam Cunningham. Yes. Yep. Patriots leading rusher passed away. And former Notre Dame head coach and halfback, Terry Brennan. So there you go, kids. And I don't know if you want to cover it now. Yeah, why not? It's sports related. Daphne Unger, pro wrestling scream queen. Did not know that one. Did not have that one down. Wow, okay. Interesting. Very interesting. And, of course, check out the weekend edition. We'll have moments of silence, red foreman dumbasses, and reviews. Yep. Um, I I won't talk about wrestling. I'll give Dave another week of a break, even though I want to, because they, (laughs) AEW, had the greatest week in history. They brought in all, they are signing everybody from WWE. (laughs) The Khan family is just throwing money at all these guys to sign them. It's great. It's great. You gotta love it. I have two sports dumbasses I need to call out. Sports related. Um, This one revolves around Marcel Azuna, baseball player who's on charges for domestic violence. My dumbass is the Fulton County DA, Simone Hilton who, if Ozuna passes his diversion program to fruitful completion, the charges will be dropped. Fruitful completion? Is that really what you said? Something like that. Okay, I didn't know if that I'm was the right I'm paraphrasing. Okay. I'm paraphrasing. I didn't know if that, from you, that's fine. I'm, I'm paraphrasing if, if this that's one. actually what she no, said. No, if, if, oh if, if, if he completes the diversion program, the charges could be dropped. And his probation could be cut in half. Welcome to the entitled, woman, privileged world of being a professional a female DA, I'm calling her the dumbass for not taking a more harsh stance against domestic violence. He needs to go to the diversion program and still be charged. Examples have to be made. This shit has to stop. But again... Welcome to the world of the privileged, entitled pro athlete. Yep. The rules don't apply to them. They do not. And it's breaking through social media. My wife showed me this feed that popped up. 
a reason that Tim Anderson might also be on the IL. His mistress is outing him through social media. Outing him in terms of what? Cheating on his wife. Okay. You know, you say outing. Well, yeah, outing him as a cheater. <sighs> Timmy, Timmy, Timmy. You're my guy. You're a dumbass for pulling this crap. This is a quick aside before I get get to my three dumbasses real quick. But I heard today that there were rumors, again, social media, so wonderful, note sarcasm. Yeah. DeAndre Swift, the running back for the Lions. Yeah. Who's fighting for his starting job. Right. Somebody was putting out there that he killed somebody the other night. Don't. Good now they're Lord. looking into that, even though it's looking like it's complete and total hoax. Wow. But again, social media you can say so anything. wonderful. So awesome. Speaking of so wonderful and so awesome, how about the fact that we don't double check our work anymore? What? IU freshman running back David Holloman came out for the game <laughs> against Iowa. His jersey, the front of his jersey, did not say Indiana. It said Indonesia. The only jersey. How do you misspell Indiana on a football player's jersey from the Indiana University at Bloomington playing a nationally televised football game? And having him as the first one out of the tunnel. Unbelievably stupid. Unbelievable dumbass involved here. Yeah, the company doing the uniforms royally effed up. Okay, he got eliminated. We talked about tennis a little bit earlier. Stefanos Titipas. That's what she said. <laughs> ah, you got that one, yeah. <laughs> Criticized and ridiculed, rightfully so. Tennis is a... I know you're going to say it. <clears throat> tennis is a game of rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. No, I'm not going. Go ahead, Dave. That's I'm not what she said. The low hanging fruit. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> there you go. You've got to let players play the game. You can't have inordinately long stoppages, breaks in the action. Titi Pass started taking seven or eight minute bathroom breaks. Dude. Seriously, come on. I mean, there were players saying, I don't know about you, but it doesn't take me that long to take a dump. Wow. So finally, he gets eliminated, I think, in the third or fourth round. But mercifully, the oh crowds and the other players didn't have to go through his extended long bathroom breaks. That's which always, ridiculous. Which always seemed to happen when the other player was gaining momentum. Hmm. So here's an idea. How about Mr. Titipas? Takes a Metamucil four or five hours before the match, clean everything out, play the game fairly. Here you go. Wear some Depends while you're out there. <laughs> and then change them between sets. That would be the new definition of a drop shot. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, got to get this in real quick in the last minute. The Miami Marlins, how the hell do the Miami Marlins do this? I know they're desperate for money. I know they're trying to get cash any way they can, but the other night they were playing the Mets, 
they had a huge freaking mascot, a guy dressed up as a cinnamon toast crunch behind uh... home plate, behind home plate, sitting in the second row, distracting everybody and blocking the view of the few high ticket fans that are there people in the fourth or fifth row right behind home plate couldn't see the goddamn game because the cinnamon toast crunch guy is was waving and way. gesturing and blocking everything dumb dumb pr move miami very stupid i'm the i'm not the conquistador i'm the conquistador you're the maestro i'm the maestro we gotta wrap it up Obviously. we'll see you next week check out the weekend edition later kids